The reading today is from Philippians 1, verses 1 to 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. To all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for you, I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is God's word. Thanks, Patty. Um, We're starting a new series uh, through the letter to the Philippians um, this week. Um, But once again, let's pray that God will speak to us and not me. Lord, we thank you for your word um, that is, has created the world and that is sustaining and that is creating uh, new life in and uh, through us now. And Lord, we pray that through these words, you will speak uh, us this, uh, to us this morning and shape us uh, to uh, bear fruit of, uh, that, the fruit of righteousness, uh, for, for us to be pure and blameless uh, on the day of your coming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. After 25 years of uh, living in the U.S., my parents just moved back to Korea uh, in Gojedo. And uh, last November, I visited my parents. And with my parents visiting, uh, my parent, me visiting my parents, I also went to my uh, family, uh, the Han family. And here is a picture uh, from um, that event. Uh, my, uh, my family are farmers, and you can see some of the harvest there. Uh, but I wonder if you can guess uh, from this picture who's directly uh, related to me. So this is my dad, that's my, that's my mom, uh, but there's one more person who's a Han here. Could anybody guess who that? I mean, Mary, Mary actually wasn't there, and she's not in the picture. She is, yeah, <laughs> she's not a Han, I mean, she is. She hasn't taken on my name, but anyway. Um, there's no, there's no, uh, it's, it's not a, fric- a source of friction here. <laughs> but anyway, so, sorry, is there, can you, can you guess who's a Han here? The one all the way to your right, um, he's uh, my cousin. He is the, the, the first son of my big, big, uh, big uncle. Uh, and I think he looks very much like me. When you see my family, the Han family, actually, we all pretty much look alike. And I think he especially looks quite a lot like me. I mean. 
um, where he's, uh, he's very, he's tall and he's strikingly handsome and <laughs> all those things. And of course, even though I try very hard uh, not to be like my dad in many ways, I find myself becoming like him. I'm forgetful, I'm a bit of a klutz. Uh, you can't see it uh, in this picture because he's wearing that robe, but he's got a bit, a bit of a belly and I'm trying very hard not to develop a belly like him. But maybe it will. I mean, I'm a Han after all. The Han blood runs through me. And as they say, blood is thicker than water. Well, blood is thicker than water unless it is the baptism water, if, if the water is baptism, uh, water baptism. Today's Baptism Sunday. And please do think about what baptism means for all of us. Because baptism is a symbol of rebirth. It's a symbol of entering into a different family, a family of Christ. We're receiving a new identity as a members of the body of Christ, entrance into a new family that has this deep likeness and resemblance, uh, something that God is doing to make us more and more like Christ. That's why when a person is baptized, remember at the very end of our liturgy, this is what the church, what you all will say to the people who are getting baptized, will say, we welcome you into the Lord's family. We are members together of the body of Christ. We are children of the same heavenly Father. We are inheritors together of the kingdom of God. We welcome you. The church becomes the baptized person's family. And God is in the business of creating a new family. Paul, though he's imprisoned in this letter, when he's writing this letter in Rome, hundreds of miles away from Philippi, feels connected um, to those that he's writing to. He tells of how he's filled with joy every time he thinks of the pe people in Philippi in verse 4. He says he longs to see them with the affection of Christ in verse 8. They become part of him, and he's become part of them. They become a family together. Paul actually calls them, in verse 5, gospel partners. But that word partner is much too weak of a translation for what that actually, what that word koinonia means. Often that word is, we, we, hear, we see it here translated as partner as if it's sort of a business venture that they're doing together or a fellowship. Uh, but it's much more than sort of hanging out together. He calls, if you look at the, uh, the Bible in verse 12, uh, the passage right after ours, he calls them brothers and sisters. Because that's what they've become, a family uh, in Christ, a community of mutual love and mission. In other places, uh, Paul will use the imagery of the, of the body, uh, each person becoming the member of the same body of Christ. Sure, I know that corpor corporations and organizations use this language of the members of the same body and things, but this is different, right? This, this isn't just words. This is something that God has done. This is something that God is doing. When he reconciles us to himself, he reconciles us to each other. He brings us into the family of Christ. Paul writes in his letter to the Galatians, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Therefore, there is, there, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For all of you are one 
in Christ Jesus. Being a Christian means end to isolation, end to loneliness. The work of God isn't to save isolated individuals, but to build his church, to build a community. It means becoming a koinonia person, becoming a member of the church, a church person. This isn't my salvation. It's our salvation. It's not becoming a holy, it's not about becoming a holy person. As he calls us in verse 1, it's becoming God's holy people in Christ Jesus. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy, he wrote. I wonder whether you feel the same way about the people around you about your brothers and sisters in Shatin. I wonder what the place of the church is in how you look at yourself, in how you look at your identity. I recently asked a friend of mine in this uh, church who, who his gospel partners were. Although he's quite active in the church, he couldn't name anybody immediately. There were a few people he occasionally meets up with, but he couldn't name anyone as partners in the church partners in the gospel, friends, brothers and sisters, we here at Shatin are your gospel family. We are one in Christ. Far too long, we've lived our individual lives with our individual goals and desires and tasks. We've been doing our own thing. We've been individuals who come together on Sundays. Brothers and sisters, would you look at what God has done and what God is doing? This is what God is doing. God cares for the church. God building the, uh, building the church is God's plan for the whole world with all its failings, with all its hypocrisy, with all its faults. Here in the church is where you will find people coming to new life. Here in the church was where you will find people becoming more and more holy people in Christ. This is what God is doing. This is God's plan for the whole world. Will you care for the church as God does? Will you open up your lives and share it with others around you? We are brothers and sisters in Christ. But this fellowship also has a common goal, common task, a common mission as well. And I'm sorry if you've heard me say this, um, if, if you're in my links group, you've heard me say this uh, many times, but the translation for koinonia as fellowship works best. Uh, if we think of the movie, The Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring, this fellowship was made up of many different kinds of people, kinds of characters. Elves don't naturally get on with uh, dwarves, and you see that in the beginning of the movie. Even the people of Rohan are not uh, natural allies with people of Gondor, and no one knew who the hobbits were. But then at the end of the movie, you see that there's such love and camaraderie between all of them. Legolas, the elf, has become best friends with uh, Gimli, the dwarf, and the people who had been enemies are now brothers. What happened? Well, that fellowship had a common purpose, 
common mission, common goal to destroy the ring of power. And while they're carrying out the difficult task, they found themselves united more than ever. A church in Philippi, well, they were made up of many different people too. Paul going to Philippi was actually a big deal because it was the, Philippi was the first church that Paul went to in, uh, in Europe. As a gospel is going from Asia to Europe, from sort of um, Israel um, and to the Gentile territory. Uh, Paul, uh, it, it was such a big deal that actually uh, an angel of God appears in a vision in, in Acts 16 to, uh, uh, to ask him to go to Philippi. And the first converts were all Gentiles too. too. Lydia, the purple clothes maker, a fashion designer, um, was uh, uh, probably a Gentile. The jailer that's converted in the middle of the night, a Gentile. This is God bringing Jews and Gentiles together, male and female, slave or free, and making them one in Christ. But of course, we see how Paul loves these people in Philippi. And it's not because he he loves Greek yogurt. Uh, The joy and affection and grace fill this letter because they share the same mission. Verse 4. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. From the first day of that meeting, Lydia became a partner in the gospel. When Lydia was converted, she asked Paul to make her home a mission center, a center for mission, right? Um, uh, others, uh, they, they were partners in Paul in defending and confirming the gospel. They were um, uh, united in doing that. Uh, they, they, they're sending gifts uh, to Paul, uh, who's in, in Rome, right? This is why Paul's writing. Uh, he's r- writing in response to the gifts that he received from the Philippian church. They've become partners. What were they do, doing together? I think it's in verse 7. Since I have you in my heart, whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. They were partners in defending and confirming the gospel. They were partners in advancing the, God, uh, the, the gospel to the ends of the earth. You have heard of the book, Purpose Driven Life. Pastor Rick Warren sold 30 million copies of that book. It's a good book, but I suspect one of the uh, main reasons why uh, he, uh, he sold that phenomenal number of books is probably because many people don't know what their purpose in life is. Many people don't know what they should live for. I mean, you've heard from Cindy uh, this, uh, this morning. Many people are lost in, what their life, uh, in figuring out what their life is about. Friends, this is the purpose for all of us. Well, dual purpose. God has called us out of this, out of this world um, into the family of Christ to be together, um, to, be, to grow as God's people, to be his kingdom. But then he sends us out. He sends us out into the world to bear witness to the good news that we've received in our various networks. You see, this goal isn't something that I am supposed to do while others take a back seat. We're all partners in the gospel. On the baptism Sunday, on this baptism Sunday, let me remind you once again of the baptismal vow that you've made. You'll say you vow to proclaim the word by word and example, the good news of Jesus Christ. 
This is the reason why God has saved us, for us to become part of his church, for us to go and tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. And of course, we do it as a church. What we do here on Sunday is important. What we do um, as a church is important because it's the main way uh, that the whole church comes together and we come to hear God's word. We pray for the world, for each other. We encourage one another. We meet together. But we're also sent out as individuals for this same goal as well. Ministry isn't something that Chatin Anglican Church does. Ministry is something that you are doing as well in your networks as you meet with people, as you go out to your workplaces, families, and among your friends. Once again, let me ask you, what's your mission? What's your mission for life? What's your purpose for life? Paul lived to proclaim the gospel, to be, bring maturity to the church. And it was the same for the church in Philippi as well. Shouldn't it be the same for us? This is what we are made for. This isn't a small thing that we're doing. Gospel, if you think about what the gospel is, and you've heard, once again, from Cindy, and you've heard from others um, in, the, in these uh, weeks leading up to it, think about what the gospel is. It frees people from idolatry. It frees people from their sins. It brings transformation to life. It brings joy and relationship with God, to with each other. It places us in the right place in this world. It gives us this mission and purpose. It frees us. This is what the church is all about. And this is what our lives should be all about as well. Is that our mission? Do you see ourselves here as fellowship? Of the gospel partners in the gospel the community of the gospel but of course uh, the proclamation of the gospel uh, the proclamation of the good news of Jesus is the beginning and not the end I recently heard the gospel being described in this way um, that gospel is uh, not the whole thing but it really is it, it's it's, it's news, right? It's good news. It's the message about Jesus. But I've heard that, that that's like that sharp point at the end um, of, a, of a spearhead. But that point is sharp, but as that message goes in, the whole spearhead goes in, right? The message of the gospel is like that. In a way, the seemingly small news about Jesus Christ brings in a whole new world into people. It leads people uh, complete, into a complete transformation of their lives. And that's what Paul means, I think, in verse 6. He who began a good work in you will carry it out onto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You, that, that work started when we have heard of the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus Christ. But then what he started, he will continue. Right? As the message goes in, your lives will be transformed more and more into Christ-likeness until the day of Christ's return. So Paul ends this short introduction to Philippians with a prayer. And if you look at the prayer, uh, it really is essentially about growth in their discipleship, 
growth in their relationship with God. Verse 8, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. A purpose of abounding more and more uh, in love is clear from the beginning. It's not the end, right? It is a means. They, they, he's praying that love, their love would grow uh, more and more uh, in, in, in knowledge and depth of insight so that they're able to discern what is best. Discernment is the end. People say all you need is love. But love that is indiscriminate is dangerous. If you love everything, all the, all the things in the same way, all the people in the same way, it's actually dangerous. Our love needs to be informed by knowledge and depth of insight. Or else how should we know what to love, how much to love? For example, I know that in Hong Kong, we love our children. We make so much sacrifices for our children, don't we? But how much should we love our children? If you love them too much, actually, they might become idols in your heart. You might crush them. You might, um, you might crush them. You might suffocate them by your overbearing love. Of course, we can also love them too little and neglect them too for our work and things. But it's like that in, with everything, right? How much should we love food and um, money and free time and my job? You see, as your love becomes informed and shaped by what you know, by knowledge and depth of insight, we're able to discern what's best, what's best for our children, what's best for us, so that we might make the best choices so that we might be pure and blameless on the day of Christ. Best choices. We often settle for mediocrity, do we not? We're satisfied and we're content in this life as it is often. Paul prays that the church will wake up and pursue a life of excellence, knowing and choosing what is best, and of course, he's not thinking about schools and jobs or spouses. He's thinking about becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, being pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Today's the last day of 2017. How do you plan to spend 2018? Will you choose what's best for your time and energy and money? What will you read? Who will you spend time with? Who will you encourage? Who could you pray for? What could you do to advance the kingdom? And this is an appeal that I make every time I get a chance. Will you pray with us? Will you pray with us? I mean, if anything that you should get out of this prayer is that Paul thought that prayer was important. Paul thought that sending this letter wasn't enough. Paul thought that doing things himself wasn't enough. He prays. Now, if the church is important to you, will you pray with the church? Will you pray for the church this coming year? Will you strive to discern what is excellent Let's not settle in 2017. And I don't want you to feel guilty about this. After all, Paul's not praying for them to be guilty. He's praying for their love to abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight 
so that their heart will be transformed by God's grace and love, that they'll be able to choose. They'll be able to discern and choose what's best. And that will be my prayer for all of you as well. Two men, three rabbits, I mean two rabbits, hobbits, um, one wizard, one dwarf, one elf made up the fellowship of the ring. If you read the book or seen the movies, you know that none of them, none of them could have done this task alone. None of them could have succeeded alone. Aragorn leads the pack. Meridoc actually in a crucial moment kills one of the ring rats. Sam carries Frodo up the Mount of Doom. Gimli and Legolas are indispensable in battles. Frodo, of course, bears the ring all the way to the end. All were very different, but all were indispensable. All play an, a, a crucial role in carrying out that task. The message of the gospel is entrusted to us, to the church. And our mission is nothing less than to bring salvation to the people around us, ending alienation and isolation, bringing transformation and freedom from sin, pointing people to our Savior so that we might uh, be pure and blameless. We, God's people, might grow and be pure and blameless on the day of Christ's coming. And that's not a job for me alone. God called us together so that God's kingdom would reign in our lives, so that we would work together. And as God who began this work in us, as he will bring it to completion, he will receive all the glory for what he will do in 2018 in Shatin Church and beyond. Let's pray. Lord, we give you great praise for our brothers and sisters in this church, for the people whom you have brought and bound us together as family in Shatin, as your holy people in Shatin. Help us to be reminded of who we are, what you have made us. Help us to be reminded of, remind us of your mission, what you are doing in this world, and help us to partner in that. Help us to pray about that. Help us to encourage each other on that, in that. And as you carry out that work in and through us, may you be glorified this year and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen.